What is up, caffeinated Bible chatter land? And that land is very small right now. That nation is very small, but what is going on? My name is Dylan. I am the co-host because we only have two of us, me and and Kyle, and we are not sure how we're going to do this moving forward. But as of right now, I am your host today for the podcast, for our first podcast. Big Kyle, how you feeling on the first podcast? Uh, I'm Kyle O'Shields. Um, I don't know, new to, new to the podcast land. Um, I don't know, we'll see how this goes. I think it'll I think it'll be fun. This will be yeah, a good time. Yeah, I mean, Kyle's not lying. I, I know that probably takes many of you back based on the uh, the confidence that you hear in our voice on this, this first podcast. But yeah, we're new to this. It's a new thing. Um, we are actually, I will say this, we are actually very experienced podcast listeners. That is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we, we love us some good podcasts, but, but there's just something different about being on the other side of the mic uh, or the other side of the screen or the other side of the phone, however you want to look at that. And so, uh, so here we are. So this is Caffeinated Bible, Bible Chatter, where the coffee is strong and the word is sharp, or at least that's, that's what I hear, big guy. So. Yeah. So we are. We I actually am sipping on some some coffee. I don't. I didn't want to. Uh, you know, just pose that this was about coffee. We have our Bible open and our coffee with us. Big Kai, I've got some some uh, coffee without creamer. And so uh, for anybody that knows me knows that's a stretch. But uh, we're we're making it work. And uh, Kyle's drinking his black as usual. Yeah, no creamer in this house. Yeah, I, I, there's actually a stat that I quote a lot, and uh, this actually will be about Bible eventually. But we're just you know shooting the bull. Um, there's a, an article I saw years ago, and I, I, I've quoted this to many people, but that that people that like their coffee black have a have a higher percentage chance of being psychotic. And so uh, you take that with what you will, but uh, I don't know. That's what they say. So anyway, um, so this first episode, um, obviously, any listeners we have is going to have they're going to have to give us you're going to give us some grace. Um, we have no, again, no idea what we're doing, but we're trying to find our, our stride in this whole thing. And so what we wanted to do in this first episode is simply, uh, you know, briefly, uh, kind of tell who we are and stuff like that. Most of our listeners already know who we are, but do that and then kind of break down why we wanted to do this in the first place. So I'll start, um, actually, well, let's mix it up. Big Kai. Uh, you already introduced your name, but uh, tell us tell us about yourself. Maybe a fun fact, whatever, uh, however you want to introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm Kyle. Um, I go to Grace Baptist Church in Powder Springs. Everybody probably knows that. Um, I do work with the youth there, um, but I mean, I guess as an introduction, one of the the big reasons why I think this podcast is a cool idea um, is, I mean, I I love digging in the Word, um, studying God's Word. I think it's cool to do it on a, a platform like this. Um, and if, if doing this podcast gets other people, whether they agree or disagree with what's being said, if that gets them to, you know, open their Bible and, and check us out, hey, goal accomplished, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's the same thing for me. And, and my name is, is Dylan Brown, as I said earlier. Um, I go to Greater Hope Baptist Church um, in Dallas, not far from where Kyle goes. I grew up at... I grew up at Grace. Kyle also grew up in Grace. We both went to school there and grew up in, in the church there. Um, but yeah, Greater Hope Baptist right up the street. Um, I also work with a youth uh, associate pastor there at the church. So uh, we're both men. We're fired up about this. And like I said, like Kyle, like Kyle just reiterated, 
um, we love the Word of God. And so that really is uh, the biggest driving force for this, um, for both of us, and you know, specifically talking about me, that's, that's the biggest reason I want to do this. Now, I'm not all uh, completely spiritual. I do just want to do a podcast because I just want to do a podcast, okay? Uh, but like I said, we got this desire from listening to other Bible podcasts, and, uh, and it truly, I was thinking about this. From some of the Bible podcasts that we've listened to, I believe that has strengthened our faith in the Word of God. Okay, so certain specific yeah. ones that we've listened to. And so, if if nothing else, yeah, like Kyle was saying earlier, if this podcast would, uh, you know, give somebody their Bible back, if you will, or give them confidence in the Bible that they have in their hand, um, then I, would, I think that the Lord would be pleased with that. And at the end of the day... Uh, all joking aside, that is what we want from this podcast: is it for, for it to please the Lord? And we'll get into this kind of stuff soon, but because we, we believe that the Lord's coming soon, and uh, we'll wait to save some of those episodes for later, so that people don't think we're heretics too early, too quickly. Uh, but we do believe the Lord's coming soon. And uh, again, so if time is short, man, it just it, that motivates us and should motivate us all, of course, just to to press in and uh, you know proclaim the Word of God. And so that's what we want to do. Um, so specifically, uh, Kyle, I, I, we, me and Kyle were actually talking before this, um, just a few moments and, uh, we actually, our minds were going the same place on, as far as scripture reference on why we'd want to do something like this. But I, I, there was one verse I, I'll, I'll kind of start us off with, um, that I came across the other day. It's a very common verse and it's actually somewhere that I was at in my Bible reading the other day, but it's first Samuel 17. Um, and that is the story of David and Goliath. So, I mean, right off the rip, uh, I've got a softball. The easiest, most well-known Bible story you could think of. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking that bad boy out on the first, the first day. So, there you go. But um, David said, makes this statement. So, David is coming up in, in 1 Samuel 17. Uh, David is coming up to the scene of the war. The Philistines are on one side and the Israelites on another and all of the uh, the brothers and warriors and all that, they're all camped out and they're scared. And uh, David's pretty much asking, you know, like, what's the reward for for uh, having victory over Goliath? And uh, they talk about the reward and all that. And then David makes this statement, though, in uh, verse 30, I'm sorry, verse 29. It says, and David said, what have I now done? Because his brother is questioning his uh, the legitimacy of him wanting to, to fight this, this giant. And he says, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And so my thought, you know, when thinking about doing like a podcast or something like this is uh, my, my first thought is, okay, well, who in the world am I? I'm, I'm a nobody, which is, is true. Kyle is also a nobody, slightly less of a nobody than me, but nonetheless, he's still a nobody. <laughs> But my, my thought is, you know, what can I do? Well, but at the end of the day, man, uh, this verse just sort of supercharged me when we already in the direction of talking about launching this podcast because we really are in a time where there is a great need uh, for rightly divided teaching. Um, and again, not that we have all the answers, and I certainly don't have all the answers. We're young. Um, we're both in our late 20s. Um, so we don't have all the answers. We have a lot to learn and we're students of the word. But, uh, man, if nothing else, if we could um, 
help people get more serious about the, about the Word, grow their faith in the Word, just from simply breaking down Scripture and all that, then I think the Lord would be pleased by that. So, uh, Kyle, I think you were looking up Genesis 3, so um, we were kind of both moving in this direction on this whole deal in Genesis 3, because again, we said that that the Word of God is, uh, we want we want people's faith to grow in the Word of God. We believe that the Word of God is under attack, and because of that, false doctrine is running rampant today. Um, it's, it's very common. Most of the m- most popular Bible teachers don't rightly divide the Word of God, um, and that's why you have all these random things. And we don't want to get, I don't, I'm not going to get into too many of them right now. We may later on in this episode, I don't know. Uh, but it's just a very, uh, it's a wildfire right now with false doctrine. So that brought us to Genesis 3. So Kyle, you want to read uh, a few of the yep. verses there in Genesis 3 when we talk about that? Yeah, I was just going to read the, the first three verses real quick. Uh, Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman, verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Um, and I was reading these the other day, and, and I think we're, we're talking about the Bible constantly being attacked um, and heresy. And I think you see three things right here of, of heresy or what you can look out for um, with this Bible, these Bible corruptors. Um, and the first thing you see is right here in verse 1 of chapter 3 is, is questioning the words of God, right? Uh, he says, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So he starts off by questioning the word of God. Um, and then in verse 2, you see that that Eve, she says, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. She's taking away, actually, from what God said. Because earlier, um, a chapter before this, he God says, You may freely eat of the tree, right? Um, so she's taking away. And then in verse 3, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. And there we are adding to the uh, to God's word. Um, and, and that's that's uh, such a big thing now is people, heresy coming out and everything. It's people adding to, taking away, questioning, approaching the Bible as a critic um, instead of just taking it as as the words of God, right? This is yeah. truth. <laughs> yeah, and I think in, uh, we run to Genesis 3 a lot of times when talking about Satan's attack on the Word of God. But it is interesting that, I mean, Genesis 3, we're in the third chapter of the Bible. It doesn't take long for Satan to move into this place of of attacking the Word of God. It's the first thing that we have record of him doing, uh, his first strategy, if you will. Um, and why would he do that? Well, because Romans ten seventeen, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so... Um, I mean, if that is what our faith hinges on, I mean, and that, and that, that, that kind of, again, talking about how there's so much uh, just false teaching out there, like not not name dropping, and I hate to get into something so quick, our first one, and you love Andy Stanley, but like Andy Stanley was so popularized uh, a couple years ago by saying that our faith doesn't rest in scripture, it rests on the person of Jesus, okay? And that sounds super spiritual, like it really does. It sounds spiritual. It just makes you want to give somebody a hug and a kiss, but it, it's it's just not biblical. And what sounds spiritual that's not biblical is actually not godly. And so 
because our faith actually rests in the scriptures. It rests in the word of God because, again, now, when we got saved, did we trust upon Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Uh, he is the author and finisher of our faith. But we would not know Jesus. We would not know the, the revelation of the gift of eternal life. We would not know those things like we do without the word of God. So it all stems back to that. And so Satan here, like we've already said, he attacks the word of God. But I think it's interesting there in verse 1. And Kyle, you may have said this. I, I, I can't remember. But um, he, it talks about Satan being subtle. And I think that's interesting because that's the we, we, when we study the Bible, we make much about the law of first mention. You take a, take a word, if you want to do a word study on something, and you run the cross-references on it. And the first place, the first time that it's mentioned in our Bible, it normally carries uh, a weight or definition of, of what you see there in that context about the rest of the Bible. Um, and so the first word to describe Satan is subtle there in Genesis 3.1. And so it's like this. A lot of people, you know, they think, they'll even say things like, you know, Satan's all over me, or Satan's doing this or that. And maybe he is, I don't know, but... But what's interesting is Satan, although he is perfectly fine with the the crazy stuff you see in Hollywood, and he is he is perfectly fine with the the uh, you know just the the very obvious wickedness that you see and and uh, those type of things. He, he really is subtle. So it, where he works the most is where there's a little bit of truth and a little bit of error, and it's, it's that mixture of truth and error where things get seem to get gray, seem to kind of get in the, in the, in the middle. And, uh, that's where, when things become most dangerous. And so because he's subtle, a, a reference that has come to my mind is, uh, over in second Corinthians 11. And it's the apostle Paul, obviously talking to the church of Corinth and Paul, he, he tells the church of Corinth that, uh, that he's jealous over this church with a godly jealousy. But, but he, he says that the Lord has espoused that church to one husband, which is the Lord Jesus, and it says that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So when we got saved, we became a part of the bride of Christ. Um, and that marriage ceremony is actually going to take place after the rapture. And, and we'll get into all of the eschatology stuff eventually. That's one of our probably, that's some of our favorite stuff. We both recently <laughs> gone through that with the youth groups that we lead. But um, I forgot where I was going. Okay, that's, and we won't edit that out because we're going to be raw and real. Yeah. But, but he, so that, in the marriage supper of the Lamb, that's where I was going, the marriage supper of the Lamb, that is where we will actually, that marriage ceremony will take place. Okay, so we're a spouse to Christ. We're part of the bride of Christ now. If you're saved, you're a spouse to Christ. So we, you want to be able to present yourself on that day as a chaste virgin. In other words, that you haven't been running around with the world and giving yourself over to everything else other than Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is laying out there. But then he says this in verse 3, which is interesting. He says, but I fear less by any means. So he's fearing something that could cause a problem to this whole thing of presenting yourself as a chaste virgin. He says, but I fear less by any means as the serpent, that's, that's Satan there in Genesis 3, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, there's the same word, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So the Apostle Paul goes back to this story, and it's a great cross-reference that, that brings some, some application from Genesis 3 or some warnings from Genesis 3 into our own lives. And that is that, man, Satan desires to corrupt the simplicity that's in Christ. And so much of that simplicity 
is is directly jointed and directly hinges upon a childlike faith in the Word of God. Because again, that's where our faith rests, is, is in the Word of God. And so it makes sense, and Satan is pretty consistent with his strategies, but it makes perfect sense that he would attack the Word of God and that he continues to do so. And I will say, and I don't, you know, don't want to get the cart before the horse because we'll have a lot of stuff hopefully coming up eventually. But it, it it may be obvious or it may not be to you, I don't know. But we are King James Bible believers, um, which is a super weird thing for two late 20-year-olds. <laughs> it's a weird deal. I mean, like we have people and friends that, that believe like that, but most people don't. Um, but if that's not you, I would encourage you to keep listening, which sounds like something that a guy that's doing a podcast would say. But I would encourage you to keep listening just to, to hear us out on some things. Um, but so that really is is Satan's whole thing, uh, is that he wants us to doubt this book. And again, if you were to look back across church history, man, the great thing that's always been under attack is the Word of God. It always has been. And so he he's, he's no different today. And Kyle, I'm kind of getting wordy here, and I warn, I warn, I warn Big Kyle before we started this, and that's what I call him, is Big Kyle. I'll warn him that I can get wordy, and he's gonna have to reel me in a lot of times. But I want to say this real quick, and then we'll we'll kind of move on. But all that Satan does here in Genesis three, it all leads to something, I believe, in in verse five, and that is that he reinterprets God's word, or in other words, he he comes up with he comes to a different interpretation which is the same thing as saying he comes to a different conclusion on what God's Word says. And that's obviously a massive deal because if you're reading something and I'm reading something and we come to two different conclusions, then we're going two different directions. And that causes tons of problems. And that's why there's a million different denominations. There are a million. There are people out there that truly desire to be godly. They truly desire to know God, and yet they are caught in an unbiblical uh, an unbiblical teaching and are being led astray, and that's so sad. Um, and some of that even is lies in the the midst of of doctrinal issues that have to do with salvation, and that is scary and and super concerning. But this whole thing with with it re, with Satan reinterpreting God's word. Look at look at ver, or, uh, if you have your Bible, if you listen to this and have your Bible, I would encourage that. But if not, if you're driving down the road or whatever, you can listen to this. But Genesis three five. It says this, for, for God doth know that in the day, or I'm sorry, let's read verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Okay, so we, we've already kind of read the first three or four verses in talking about what God said to Eve and to Adam. Okay, so Satan is giving them a reinterpretation of that. And the, serpent, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Verse 5, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Okay, that is where we see this whole thing of a of a mixture of of truth with a mix with a mixture of, of a lie. Okay, did Adam and Eve, after they ate of the fruit, did they now know good and evil? Absolutely, they knew good and evil. They did not know good and evil prior to that. We're dispensationalists, also. If you're not that, don't hold that against us. Just hang around. But we are dispensationalists, and, and, and we believe very clearly that they were in the dispensation at this time of, of, of innocence. They did not know uh, good and evil before they ate of the fruit. So, so Satan was telling the truth there. 
Okay, so he says you'll know good and evil. And he even says uh, that you won't die in verse 4. The problem with that is Satan never tells the whole truth. Okay, well, what kind of dying was, was the Lord talking about there in his world? Well, he was talking about a spiritual death. And it's certain that Adam and Eve definitely died spiritually after they ate of the, the tree. Uh, and then that obviously led to sin entering into the world. And so that is, that is again, that's the fuel behind why, why me and Kyle are passionate about the Bible anyway. And like I said, if we had never done this podcast... The same thing was true. We liked and we enjoy talking about the Word of God with each other and and getting fired up about it and bouncing things off one another and all of that. Um, and so, man, we just want to do that here where other people can be a part of that, where other people can hopefully uh, send us awesome comments and not negative ones um, and give us five star reviews and all the fun stuff like that <laughs> yeah. too. So. But anyway, that's really why we want to do it. So yeah, I was just going to add to what you were just saying. Um, but that's like what I was trying to say earlier uh, when I was reading those first three verses. The the false teachers. I mean, it's subtle, right? You can see Satan. It says he's subtle, and all he all he did at first, he didn't really change God's words, right? Mm-hmm. All he did was was get him to question it, right. right? Yep. He he asked a question, and then mm-hmm. it got Eve thinking about other stuff, and now she's adding to and taking away from what God said. Right. But that, it's as simple as that, right? A, yeah. a false teacher, somebody preaching false doctrine. Right. It's they're they're telling part of the truth. It sounds good, but but it's just subtle. That's how Satan gets in there. Yeah. Well, that um in all of that it kind of it, it brought my mind to to 1 Corinthians 2. So we're we're obviously talking about Satan, you know, casting doubt on the word of God, which is what he, we believe he's doing today. Uh, and, you know, eventually leading to him, you know, he's reinterpreting the Word of God and coming to a different conclusion about what God has said. And, and again, like I said earlier, and Kyle has reiterated too, that's why you have so many different belief systems today. And by the way, they all quote Scripture to back up their beliefs. That's the, I mean, most of them anyway. And uh, that's the crazy thing. Um, it shows you the importance of rightly dividing the Word of God and all that. Uh, but... It really, it really comes down to this when talking about interpretation. Okay, so it's like, okay, well, you know, we're sitting here talking about how everybody or a lot of people interpret the Bible wrong. Oh, we must think we have all the answers, and, and no, that's we don't. But the very simple uh, layout, or the very simple way that God has given us for interpreting Scripture is Scripture with Scripture, um, and so that it. It brings us to, uh, you know, First Corinthians two is a very uh, it is, and that was a loud Bible a page turn there. So I do apologize if that was an echo in somebody's ear. I'm not really sure. We've yet to listen to this, um, but First Corinthians two um, is this whole thing on on comparing scripture with scripture. In the context of First Corinthians two is the wisdom of God. So that's what we want. We want God's wisdom, which comes from His Word, which is the mind of Christ. And that comes from comparing the Word of God with the Word of God. So it comes down to this. You, you will always arrive at false teaching. You will always arrive at false interpretation if you compare Scripture with anything other than Scripture for your interpretation. So in other words, if I compare Scripture with my feelings... I'm often going to arrive at false interpretation. 
In other words, like I, we, I've known people that you give them clear Bible on something, they're like, I know, I just don't, I just don't feel that that you know, and they they try to justify something because it seems crazy or it seems uh, outside of of what they they think God should have said or whatever. I don't know what the reason would be, um, but they but they justify it, and so it, it it makes them doubt the word of God. It makes them doubt what the words have said, um, and and we have a, there's a saying that we sometimes say. Um, but that the word of God is not hard to understand, but the word of God's hard to believe because you just have to take it for what it says. So, again, man, if, if we compare the word of God, or if, or if anybody compares scripture with their feelings, if they compare it with the traditions of men, and by the way, we're uh, me and Kyle are Baptists, as we said earlier. Uh, we can only speak for Baptist churches because that's all we know, but that's a huge thing, even in Baptist churches, is people, you know. Clear, clear teaching from Scripture. You know, you present that to somebody, and they think they they may not admit this, but they're thinking in the back of their mind, "Well, my grandma taught me this, though." Yeah. And I love grandmas. Uh, have to take off your church colored glasses. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You, you do have to. We we have to put everything to the side if we want true biblical interpretation, and that comes only again, as I've already said, from comparing uh, Scripture with Scripture. So, Kyle, you want to. Um, you want to read verse, uh, let's see. Oh, I got verse 13 here. First, or 1 Corinthians 2, uh, you have verse 13? Yeah, I can read it. Yeah, Kyle can read it there. 2.13, Corinthians 2.13, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay, so... That, that's the whole deal. So when we study the Word of God, we want the, the Spirit of God to be the teacher. Because it's a spiritually discerned book. So that lets us know immediately that a lost man or a lost person is not going to be able to understand this Bible the, the way that it's intended to be understood because they don't have the Spirit of God inside of them. Because we, we receive the Spirit of God at the moment of salvation, which is when someone realizes they're a sinner, they believe the gospel, Jesus died for them, he was buried and he rose again, and they call upon Christ and receive Christ. And so at that moment we, we receive the Spirit of God but if, if he's going to be the teacher, according to that verse, the way that he teaches. Okay, so when the Spirit of God teaches, that's where wisdom comes from. And when, when wisdom, uh, if we want the wisdom of God, then it's only through that, that method. And the way that he teaches us is by comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Okay, well, a, a simple reference to, to show you that that's talking about the Word of God, which it, it shouldn't be hard to understand anyway. But John six sixty three says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. So the words of God, are, are, are they are spirit. And we're told to compare spiritual things with spiritual things, and that is how we come to, to right interpretation. That's how we come to the wisdom of God. That's how we let the Spirit of God be the teacher. Kyle, what you got there in the book of Mark? Uh, I just, Mark 7 came to my mind because you, you were just talking about traditions of men. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the first verse I was just looking at was First Timothy chapter four. That first verse talks about doctrines of devils, right? Yep. But but there is doctrines of men. Um, and uh, Mark chapter seven came to my mind. This is where Jesus Christ or the disciples are sitting here eating, and the Pharisees come up and they're they're questioning what they're doing. Why are you eating like this? Um, and other things. But as you read through these first nine verses you'll see the Pharisees questioning, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders? 
Um, there's a lot of the word tradition comes up in here, doctrines of men. Verse 7, how be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Uh, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things ye do. Verse 9 of chapter 7, and he said unto them, full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. And that just goes back to what, what Dylan was just saying, like, that's not what my grandma said, but... I mean, we 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 have to approach this with just open minds, right? You you yeah. maybe hear something that's different than what you've heard in the past, um, but like he said here, we're rejecting the commandment of God to keep our own traditions. Right. Yeah, and I, and that's where um, I think that's where God has grown, both me and Kyle. You know, recently over the last few years is is getting us to the place where we at least what we desire to be, maybe we fall short of this at times, but we desire to be just be biblicists where we just simply, regardless of if it's, if it's you know, the practical side of ministry or whether it's how we, how we uh, treat our family or whether it's how we work in our jobs or whatever, we just want to, to let the word of God be the final authority, be, let the word of God be the final say. And again, um, man, I, I think actually if, if people, some people that, that are not there, um, if they could get to a place like that, it's actually a freeing place. It really is. Uh, John 8, verse, I think it's verse 32, Jesus says that the truth shall make you free. And the truth is, thy word is truth, John seventeen seventeen. And if Tori listens to this, which she may not, but there's my reference to John seventeen seventeen. She says that I always bring that up every time I speak about the Word of God. So there, there it is, Tori. You're welcome. Uh, she probably won't listen to this. But the Word of God is truth. And so the truth is what makes us free. Um, and so, man, it really is it's the Romans 3, verse 4 thing, which I love the verse. It says, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, and that really is that really is the place that, that that's that's the place that we're we are still uh, you know trying trying to get to consistently across the board, and that's that's where that's where we want to help people um, that maybe are on the fence with uh, their approach to the Word of God or or you know how to do this how to you know how to live their Christian life or whatever I don't know. Uh, but we want people to to have confidence in the Word of God and to truly be able to say, like Paul said there, like I just said, man, let let God be true. Whatever He says in this book, I'm going to let it be true. Comparing Scripture with Scripture, rightly dividing the Word of Truth, all that. I'm going to let it be true. And if any man, any person says anything cr- contrary to that, then man, just let him be a liar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and you know, maybe that doesn't mean you go up to your friend and say, you know what, you know, you're a liar because you said something. You know, I'm not. I don't know if that'd be a good idea. I don't know, but that is that's the that's the that's the place that the Lord does want to get us to. So, um, well, Kyle, you got anything that we are across the the thirty minute mark, and that was we something we were talking about before. <laughs> is how long we want this first one to be? We didn't want it to be too long, but we didn't want it to be ten minutes. Um, so, you got anything that you want to say uh, uh, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, just to kind of close out what I was thinking. The Colossians 2.8 came to my mind. 
Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And, and that's what this is all about, right? Uh, it, this is about Christ. Uh, this is about a king coming to finally sit on his throne to rule and reign. Um, and, and that's just, we just, that's all we want to do, right? We want to get in this book and study this thing, um, get Christ in us, build that relationship. Um, and if, if it gets other people involved along the way, that, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and that that's a great point. Because at the end of the day, if we just approach this, this book in a, like, like Kyle said, this, this whole thing is about the kingdom of God. It's, it's, it's about the fact that we now are a part of a spiritual kingdom, if you know Christ, the kingdom of God. But one day, the king of the literal physical kingdom, Jesus Christ himself, will return and set up his, his kingdom. And, man, what we do now, okay, after we come to know Christ, what we do now actually has uh, weight on how we rule and reign with him in that kingdom. Um, again, not how, not, not talking about salvation, we're talking about after salvation. Um, but the way that we know what to do so that we may one day rule and reign with him or be able to glorify him more in that day is told to us from the word of God. So again, it really is truly a roadmap for, for our life. The old saying growing up was that the Bible was basic instruction before leaving earth. And I think that's a great acrostic and it makes sense and it's true. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what we want to do, man. We just want to point people to this book, encourage people in this book, help build some confidence in this book and, uh, and drive you closer to the Lord through it. And if, if the, if the Lord will allow us to do that, um, then I say, praise God. Um, and we'll just, uh, we'll let him, him rock and roll with, with what happened moving forward. So.